Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hello, everyone. Tara Williams here with the Mom Manual. I have an amazing guest today, someone who we have never brought this type of person on. It is Bonnie Huey Callahan. She's a pharmacist and a mother of four. And today we are talking all things preventative health care, vaccines, maybe a little bit about COVID, and we're going to have a good time. Bonnie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you today. I'm excited. I have so many questions about all these things, but before we jump into that, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you became a pharmacist and a mother of four. Wow. That is busy. Give us your background. Yeah. So I am a pharmacist by training, been in all different types of fields in pharmacy. A lot of people kind of picture the retail pharmacy as kind of the, the pharmacist, but there's actually a lot of other fields that pharmacists can be in. So I have done the retail pharmacy thing. I've also been in academia, teaching pharmacy students. And then I've also been in pharmacy insurance, kind of on the back end of things, making sure that folks can get the medications that they need at an affordable rate. So lots of different fields. I'm currently in health tech and I have the luxury of being able to work from home as a pharmacist. But in addition to that, of course, I wear my mother hat. So I am a mother of four. I've got a three-year-old, five-year-old, eight and nine. So my five-year-old graduates from kindergarten next week. And then my other two just started summer camp because they finished their elementary school year last week. So things are flying by, but yes, motherhood is definitely another hat that I wear. And then finally, I am a member of the Pharmacist Moms Group. This is an online community of women pharmacists all across the country. We are the largest group of women pharmacists in the U.S., and we provide each other professional and personal support. So really proud to be part of that community and really being able to get that support from others. That's, oh my gosh, so much there, Bonnie. I, my kids are five, eight, nine, and 10. So <laughs> similar ages, similar craziness. I love the pharmacist moms group. I swear now there is a group literally for everybody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> pharmacist and a mom group. I love that. Tell me what, what do you talk about in the pharmacist moms group? Gosh, it can be everything from, you know, like, Hey, you know, I filled this script today, you know, was this, was this correct? Or, you know, can I get some guidance or, you know, um, here's a drug interaction that I encountered or some legal question, right? So kind of the professional stuff and then the personal stuff, like it can get deep, like, Hey, you know, um, I'm going through a divorce or I'm going through depression. A burnout is a really big thing right now, especially with pharmacists and pharmacist moms in particular who juggle just everything. So really it's the whole gamut. And like you said, there is a group for everything, but it's so nice nice to kind of have that niche, right? Where it's like people understand me and where I'm coming from and merging the professional with the personal is so important because a lot of times I feel like, yes, I have my mommy group, but like, I'm also a pharmacist and like, there's just, there's things there. Right. And like the opposite occurs as well. So having that world, those worlds collide, it's just really, really special. I love that. So for anybody listening, go find your group because there's truly a group. And are you guys, do you live on Facebook, this group or where is it? Yep. Yeah. Primarily on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. I love Facebook for that connectivity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's jump in. So talk to us about preventative healthcare. And before we talk, I have an opinion on it. 
Because mm-hmm. I feel, and I'd love your opinion, in the United States, that we so often are saying, here's a drug for diabetes. Here's a drug for mm-hmm. weight loss. Here's a drug for heart health, whatever. But mm-hmm. we could say, here's how to eat healthy. Here's mm-hmm. the exercise you should get. And, mm-hmm. and I feel in other countries, they have a completely different approach. It is mm-hmm. let's prevent it, not just put a bandaid on it. So I'd love your, your opinion on that piece of it and how the U S interacts versus the world. Yes, absolutely. So I, I totally agree with what you're saying. I think as a healthcare system in the U S we, we take a reactive approach, right? Um, like, yep. Okay. Now I'm sick. I should go see the doctor. Or I should take this medicine. And oftentimes, especially as moms, as busy working moms, it's all like, we don't have that falls off our radar so much of being able to take a proactive step to, to prevent these things from happening. Right. But you know, the, the reality is when the mom is sick, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this happened to you when the mom is sick, the household falls apart, right? Like I got the stomach bug for 24 hours last year. And within the 24 hours, my household was like complete chaos, right? So that just goes to show that like the moms need to be well. And so how can we do that? The best way to do that is to take that proactive approach. And when it comes to proactive approach, you know, vaccines is a really big uh, topic, especially for pharmacists who, who can administer vaccines, which I think is really neat, you know, taking that step to say, well, how can I make sure that I'm caught up with my vaccines so that I'm not sick and so that I can be the best that I can be to take care of my kids at the end of the day. Today's episode was brought to you by Dreamland Baby. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents use to help their baby sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. Hi, I'm Tara Williams, host of the Mom Manual and founder of Dreamland Baby. When my son Luke was six months old, he was still waking up every hour and a half. I was completely exhausted, frustrated, and at my wit's end. Sound familiar? My solution to create a gently weighted sleep sack that babies can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack and Swaddle features our proprietary CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from your baby's shoulders to toes to help naturally reduce stress and allow your little one to feel relaxed and sleep soundly. If you're struggling to get your baby to sleep for longer stretches and go down easier, you're not alone. This product was a game changer for my son and can be for your family too. And right now we've got a special discount exclusive to mom manual listeners. Use code MOMMANUAL15 at checkout to get 15% off site-wide. Isn't it time for you to invest in rest? Okay. So I'd love to get into the vaccine specifically. Do we have kind of a list? I think about myself. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just trying to be so proactive in my life. And two yes. years ago, my new year's resolution was literally that. So I said, yeah. I'm going to go to my primary care. It's get my annual mm-hmm. checkup, which mm-hmm. I hadn't really done since. So, and I think other women can relate. You go under the care of an OBGYN mm-hmm. and you're seeing them every couple of weeks and yep. then you have the baby and then the care ends and Three totally. Or nobody has seen you. You haven't got a pap smear. So when I heard that your primary care can actually give you your annual pap smear, which mm-hmm. actually you don't need an annual one. I didn't know that either. <laughs> I, all my babies were back to back, right? Nonetheless, you can go to your primary care. You can get an annual pap smear if you need it. If you don't need it, they give it every other year. They give, they can give a breast exam. They can do all your lab work. 
And this is all mm-hmm. covered. This is free. Mm-hmm. That is a free appointment if you have insurance. So yep. that I said, I'm going to make that a priority. The eye doctor, that was another one where mm-hmm. I've never glasses. Like nobody in my family has glasses, but I said, I've been staring at a screen for two years. So now every year I go and they're like, yep, you look great. 2020, like mm-hmm. on you go. But just in case I have those. So those are kind of my two that I go to. What, what else Excellent. is there anything else that we're not thinking of? Yes. When it comes to vaccines, the CDC just updated their guidance last year to recommend now that all adults ages 19 to 59 be vaccinated against hepatitis B. So with the addition of the hep B vaccine, there's now six vaccines that the CDC recommends for all adults. And that's Tdap, shingles, pneumonia, flu, COVID-19, and then most recently hepatitis B. Right. And I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, how important it is for us to protect ourselves against hepatitis B. It is highly infectious. In fact, hundred times more infectious than HIV. And, you know, most people who have hepatitis B may not be aware that they have it. So they're kind of unknowingly spreading the virus. What is hepatitis B? I'm not familiar with that. It can be transmitted through bodily fluids. So through sex or through sharing needles, it is essentially a liver virus that can stay with you for, you know, chronically, um, it's called, there's a chronic kind of stage and there's an acute stage. And those who have chronic hepatitis B, if it's left unmanaged, it can impact you in that one in four of those individuals can die from liver failure or liver cancer. And so unfortunately, there's no cure right now for hepatitis B. So the best way really is to prevent the disease uh, through vaccination. Okay, Um, so let me ask you a question. I married in a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. Am I someone who should get the hepatitis B shot? Yes. Yes. It, you are someone, any adult ages 19 to 59, um, should get the hepatitis B vaccine for protection. That is the latest guidance that just came out last year. You know, what's interesting is that our kids are likely protected against hepatitis B because what happened was in 1991, hepatitis B vaccine became the standard of care for infants, making it one of the first vaccines you get, they get before even leaving the hospital. Um, so our kids are protected, but those of us who are born before 1991 may likely not be. And so that's why it's important for us, especially as busy moms, to make sure that we are caught up with our vaccines. Because again, this is an instance where our kids are fine, but likely we've kind of overlooked ourselves. And so this is kind of one of those questions where we have to ask ourselves, am I protected? And if not, how do I get protected? I was going to say, I I recognize that one from my kids. And yes, obviously they were born after 1991. Oh, really interesting. Okay. And is that a series? It is a series. Um, Normally it comes in a three or even four dose series over six months. But what's really neat is that there are more options now. In fact, there's one that I really like called Heplosav B. That is a two dose series uh, within one month, which is really neat for busy moms, right? Because it's like, okay, get one, go back one month later, you're done. So you just don't have to think about it six months down the line or or what whatnot. And it is important to get all the, the doses within the series. And so that's why it's really cool to have an option like Heplosab B. And the side effects of Heplosab B are the same as other any other vaccines, right? So soreness of the arm, tiredness, headache, things like that. And I want to go through each of these vaccines, but you brought up a really good point on completing the series. So I think of completing a series of vaccines, almost like an antibiotic round. Like if you Mm -hmm. don't do that 10 days, it's not effective or what's the... 
Yes. Yeah. When it comes to antibiotics, it's, it's a matter of what's called antibiotic resistance. So mm-hmm. if you don't get rid of all the, the bugs in your system and there's still a few lingering, they're going to, they're going to keep kind of growing and they might become what's called super bugs that will take even more stronger antibiotics. So wow. that's kind of the, the reasoning with like completing the series, if you will, for antibiotics with vaccines, it's important to really make sure you get all doses within that series to get truly the full protection against, you know, what you're protecting again. So in this case, hepatitis B. You're not going to get hepatitis B if you don't complete the series though. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You, and, and, and the vaccine itself, it's, you know, it's not, you're not injecting, you know, hepatitis B in, into you. I think that's yeah. a misconception, right? It's, it's dead portions of the, the virus, if you will. And so what you're really doing is stimulating the immune system to generate what I tell my kids fighters in your body. So that if it were to kind of try to enter your body, your body automatically has an immune response against the virus. So it knows, nope, you're not coming in here, you know, and you'll be protected. Super interesting. Okay. I think a lot of people, myself included, may not know what each of these things are. I've actually had two friends in their between thirties and forties with shingles recently. So that is crazy. Tell us what the shingles vaccine is, why you should get it. Yes. I'll touch briefly on shingles. This is a virus that can kind of become more active in your body through stress. So that's probably why your friends have gotten it. It actually is, you know, um, the same virus as chickenpox. So those of us who've had chickenpox, it's actually the same, same virus that stays in your system and can kind of reactivate when we're older again, through stress. So the shingles vaccine is a preventative measure that can help uh, prevent against getting shingles. And if people don't know what shingles is, can you touch on that? Cause it is nasty. Yeah, yeah. So it presents itself to kind of like a line, if you will, um, a- along your backside. It's very painful, you know, kind of causes, you know, if you were to touch that area, it's almost like, a, you know, a nerve reaction that kind of, you know, presents all over the body and causes intense pain. So a, a good example, again, of, you know, make sure, do your best to prevent it from happening. And just like hepatitis B, make sure you get the vaccine ahead of time so that you're preventing that from happening. Yeah. My friend who had it, it went into her eye. And mm. so she still has, has to do eye drops every day, lingering effects. She has to wear glasses. So, I mean, this is something that is completely preventable through a vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, um, absolutely. So get that one. All right. Tdap. Absolutely. What is that? Tdap is the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis vaccine. You know, it is standard of care for pregnant moms to be vaccinated against it. So, you know, you are likely protected having had four kids uh, as well as myself. There is a booster shot for the tetanus uh, diphtheria portion that is recommended every 10 years. And so that is um, separate from, you know, the pertussis component, but generally, especially the first time around when people get the shot, it's that combination of tetanus diphtheria and pertussis. Pertussis is the whooping cough. And so a lot of people have kind of heard of that one. Um, The reason why pregnant women get it is because they don't want to pass it on to their kids once they're born because the kids don't have protection against it. Yeah. That's when I remember when I had my first daughter in 2012, I had my parents. I was like, you cannot come over. Yes. You've had your booster. That's the one. It's not a huge deal for adults, but it's actually really deadly for infants. Yeah. Um, that's exactly okay. That. Pneumonia. We yeah, kind of yeah. know that. So is that mm-hmm. every year you get the pneumonia shot? Vaccine? Um, the pneumonia shot is a little bit different. Um, it is not every year, like the flu shot. Um, okay. there is more of like a, yeah, a, a booster that, that you would get. Um, so thankfully not something that you have to get every year. 
And so it's not an annual booster every other year? Every, I believe 10 years, but it kind of depends on your propensity for pneumonia. Okay. And then flu every year. Mm -hmm. Yep. Flu is every year. Exactly. I know there's like a season in which uh, all of a sudden I see at my local grocery store, flu shots out mobile. What's that time frame? Yes. Yeah. So the recommended time frame to get the flu shot is during the fall. So anywhere from like September all the way to even February, I think that the supply will last through. The earlier you get in the fall, the better. Um, I know some grocery stores and you're, uh, you're probably mentioning the pharmacies right within the grocery stores where you can go and, and, you know, get your vaccines that, can be available as early as even August. I've seen it, but really the key time to get it is, is in the fall time, somewhere between September, October, November. And I feel like if you're going to get it, you might as well get it at the beginning to prevent yourself all season. So Mm -hmm. one, I feel like this is a little bit of a misconception with vaccines. If you get the flu shot, that does not mean, I'm sorry, I keep saying shot vaccine, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the flu vaccine, that does not mean you will not get the flu, correct? Yeah. With the flu vaccine, the thing is that there's a lot of different strains of the flu vaccine, which is another reason why it's done every year, because what what the manufacturers are trying to do is try to predict which strains are going to cause the most, you know, most issues for that, for that following fall season. So it's possible that the strain that you get is not what was in the vaccine for that season. There's also a time period that it takes your body to produce an immune response. So, So you might get a vaccine on the Monday and you come down with the flu the end of that week or so. Well, it takes a good two weeks or so for your body to really produce the immune response that it needs to fight off the flu virus. So other things that I've heard people say is, well, I just got it. And now I, you know, got the vaccine and now I have the flu, like what happened? That could be a potential reason as well. So it's just bad timing. You were going to get it. Yeah, bad time. yeah. Interesting. All right. And the number six one, the controversial, mm-hmm. the COVID vaccine. Talk to mm-hmm. us about that. I know the CDC has during 2020, we had certain guidance that has changed. There was boosters, there was different rounds. There was good vaccine, Moderna. There was bad vaccine, Pfizer. I think I might be mixing those up. Um, we've heard all kinds of things in terms of people having reactions. So where where do we stand today with CDC guidance on COVID vaccine? There are a lot of different manufacturers uh, for the vaccine, just like other vaccines on the market. And, you know, side effects, I think, was a big one that people were kind of um, looking at, you know, one one manufacturer may have had more than the other. But, you know, at the end of the day, they provided the, you know, protection that that was needed. Another reason they came out with the booster was because they saw that, okay, there may be waning effects of the initial, the initial one that you got, especially those who are perhaps immunocompromised. And so there was recommendations of the booster, right? So, so I think what's important to note is that, you know, all the vaccines that have come out are, are safe and, and are effective and are recommended by, by the CDC. So whether, you know, you, you fell down with more, um, more symptoms or uh, side effects from the vaccine or not, you know, they, at the end of the day, they, um, the goal of them is to kind of stimulate your immune system in order to give you the protection that you need. So they're all still on the market. Do you, do you have a personal recommendation or is there a general one that's believed to have less side effects? Is that, I don't, I don't even know if Pfizer Moderna are still available. Is that a thing or is it? They are available, um, but no, I don't have kind of a recommendation on one brand over the other. Um, Honestly, between all members of my family, we've had all of, you know, all different ones. And so, you know, and you know, my all of us kind of reacted well to them for the most part. So I think it just comes down to choice. It comes down to um, what's honestly available um, at your local pharmacy as well. So no, I I didn't know if any got recalled or taken off the market. 
So mm-hmm. any, any of them are, are pretty good at this point. And the yep. COVID is, is a series of two. Is that right? Yeah. So I think it, it depends on which one that you, yeah, which one that you get. I will say that the, the J&J Janssen vaccine is no longer available as of May. The Pfizer one and the Novavax one and Moderna are still available. Got it. Okay. So that's a series of two or three, depending. And then you said an annual booster or, or twice a year booster. What What is the guidance on that now? The booster for COVID is still something I think that is in the works as far as whether that will be a recommendation or not. So more to come from the CDC on that. Yeah. You know, this is so interesting because I know there is, this is really, you know, a controversial topic with the COVID vaccine. However, Mm -hmm. I do work very closely with China. They did not go forward with the vaccine initially, and they are still dealing with COVID now, where I feel like in the United States for us, you know, these mass shutdowns, hospitals being at capacity, that's thing of the past, you know, knock on wood, another strand doesn't come, but you know, well, why? Well, because we all got vaccinated. So vaccines yes, are yes. important. Yes. Would it, you be yeah. open to telling us about some of the myths of vaccines? Because I feel like that's a big one, especially for kids that parents are, you know, you've heard the stories of there was a, uh, I think it was a study that talked about a relationship with autism and that was proven later to not have had a correlation, but there, I, I think there's always that kind of hesitation with vaccines. Is there, is there like some, you know, as a pharmacist that you're like, oh, this is one of those myths that I can't stand. Are there any of those? As far as myths, you know, what you're injecting into your, you know, into your system is kind of the virus itself. So for hepatitis B, oh, am I injecting a, right. a version of the virus into me? And is that why I'm getting sick or whatnot? But um, again, the side effects of the hepatitis vaccine are, you know, the soreness of the arm, tiredness, headache, those are all very similar side effects across the board for vaccines. And so I think it's important to note that, you know, the benefits outweigh the, the risk, right? The benefits of protection being proactive. Um, again, we talked about hepatitis B, it's, we, we understand how deadly it is that the chronic version of hepatitis B can lead to liver failure and, and liver cancer and one in four people who have chronic hepatitis B. So being able to get ahead of it and making sure that, you know, we're, we're protecting ourselves where we can. And then, you know, choosing the option for busy moms, like I said, where are, is there a smaller dose series that can give me the same protection, right? So with hepless FB, two doses in one month versus other options that are three doses in six months, you know, those are things that allow convenience and flexibility for busy moms. And so, yeah, so I think, you know, those are factors to kind of keep in mind, but, you know, as far as myths, you know, I, I, I see a lot of, well, I get sick from it, or I'm just injecting, you know, the, the virus inside of me, why would I do that? So it's important to know that if that's not the case and that um, the benefits of simulating your immune system to get protection and choosing an option that is most convenient for you is really important to keep in mind. Another thing that I had heard is, and this goes more to the babies. So when you, when you think about you bring your baby in, is it every month or every couple of months for those well checks? You know, I, I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. they're <laughs> right. I'm like, I can't even remember now, but you know, sometimes you go and it's like, okay, nine month check, like four vaccines. And I always felt a little like, oh my gosh, you know, just if nothing else, like you're stabbing my baby four times and it's as a mom, it's hard to watch, but is there any benefit to actually spacing them out? So saying, okay, we're going to do like happy, you know, today. And in two weeks, we're going to do the DTAP, like just so your body's not getting all, even though the vaccine's dead or the, Mm -hmm. the virus is dead, that they're not getting all these dead viruses at the same time. Is there any benefit to that? 
honestly, the CDC has kind of both um, recommended schedules if, you know, yeah. you're going to do it all at once or you you can space it out. So, so you know, honestly, it's it's kind of up to your choice and what you want to do efficacy wise, safety wise. You know, the CDC has it all outlined as far as the schedule, whether you do it all at once or not. So there's not really a strong recommendation one way or the other, how you want to approach it. Um, either way is fine. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But I think it's good to note, you know, speaking of kind of, um, you know, kids, kids visits and stuff, you know, we, a lot of times, um, as parents, like we are so used to taking our kids in for the appointments, right, and making sure like, they're, they're caught up, they're good to go. And so often we forget about that. In fact, you know, we took a survey and looked at a 1000 moms who had kids ages 10 and under. And what we found was that 92% of moms said that they were confident that their kids were up to date on their vaccines. But 64% of moms said that they were less than confident that they themselves were up to date with their vaccines, right? So it's just, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I think that it just goes back to, I mean, you're talking about like, you know, happy T-DAP shingles. I didn't even realize I'm in my mid thirties that that yeah. was even available for somebody my age. So I, I yeah. feel that there's a major education gap in vaccines. And yes. then if we are not going for our primary care visits, mm-hmm. where else would you even hear about this? Right. Exactly. And I don't remember it's- actually even hearing about it at my primary care visit. I'm, I'm positive of that because yes. nobody told me about happy for an adult, you know, I would yes. um, totally. So then, you know, primary care is maybe not up to date and that, that actually leads me to my next question. Yeah. If you move, mm-hmm. who keeps the records? And then, I mean, how do you remember, oh, 10 years ago, I got the TDAP. Now it's the 10 years. I like, is that mm-hmm. the records always move with you or what if you got mm-hmm. the vaccine twice by accident? Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. You know, people are yeah. moving all the time now. Different. Yeah, topics. absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's where it's important to make sure that we ourselves have our own yeah. records, right? Yeah. Because, and I think that's a gap to your point. That's it. That is a gap. I think there's a big push to have, you know, um, EHRs, electronic health records, which, you know, yeah. stays with the member or the patient wherever they go. But thankfully, you know, the health system that I'm a part of, they have a an app that I can access my vaccine records, my kids' vaccine records all the time. And it, you know, I can always have that with me, but it, it is important for us to kind of stay on top of, of that and keep our own records in the event that we do change health insurance. If we move and have the same health insurance, you you should still be able to kind of access, you know, records or or call the doctor or whatnot. But at the end of the day, I think that 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 there is a gap. And that's why it is important for us to know ourselves. Now, as far as you know, not being sure and still getting the vaccine, the CDC does recommend that if you're not sure um, that you should still go ahead and get the vaccine for protection, there is an option to get what's called serological testing to kind of see if your body your body has antibodies against the virus. But that's not always available, or it's really expensive, or it's hard to, you know, get, you know, schedule the appointment for the lab, right? So they recommend don't let that be the the barrier, go ahead and get vaccinated anyway. That's really important. And the last thing I'll share is that your pharmacist is an untapped resource, I feel like Um, we are the most accessible healthcare provider, we have records, if you get your vaccine at the grocery store pharmacy, for example, that record um, is in the system. So they will be able to kind of look back as well and be kind of a source of truth for you to tell you, yeah, you can get this last year, or, you know, we recommend that you get it now or whatnot. So using your healthcare provider, specifically your pharmacist as a resource for vaccines and understanding, you know, whether you should get it or if you got it is is something that I want to make sure to highlight as well. I was just thinking about the cost on this because I know for the Mm -hmm. flu, again, my local Safeway has, Mm -hmm. 
want to say, is it a C is it its own pharmacy or it has a CVS inside it? Why am I not? Thinking? It's its own pharmacy. It depends um, on the grocery chain, but usually yeah, yeah groceries have, yep. Yep. They're which is pharmacies. so incredibly convenient. I also constantly picking up medications for me or my kids yes. are sick at CVS. So I love that. Target mm -hmm. has a pharmacy. Like there's, yep. there's pharmacies kind of everywhere. So I, I don't think it should ever be a, an excuse of, I can't get there, but mm -hmm. what I, even also see is oftentimes it'll say, get your flu shot here and get 10% off your groceries. Or like there's a, you know, yeah. oftentimes some incentive. kind of incentive, right? Yep. So yep. Does, does, and I, I don't know why I'm not remembering this, but is there a cost for the flu shot? Is that covered by the government? Is it insurance? Like who pays? Yeah, generally your, your insurance should cover it as a preventative drug. So if you do have pharmacy insurance, I would say more often than not, it should be at no charge for vaccines. You can pay for whatever reason, if you don't have insurance or it's not going through, you, you can pay cash. I guess it depends on the vaccine on, on what the cash price is, but that's, that is an option as well. And there are incentives that if you go to a grocery store, for example, that, you know, they may have a, you know, some kind of discount or additional points or whatever that you can get. And, and all of that just um, has to do with you, you know, wanting to make sure that, you know, you are protected and, and they're trying to incentivize you to, to, to stay on top of your health. Yeah, no, I, I love all this. And so, you know, when we're talking about preventive care. We spoke a little bit about getting to your primary care every year, yep. getting your eye doctor every year, obviously getting your vaccines, anything else in that preventative healthcare kind of list that you want to cover? No, I think that covers it. I mean, again, as far as, you know, what I would recommend as far as appointments and how to kind of keep keep up to date with them as busy moms is to set yourself calendar alerts, you know, to make sure that you're getting those appointments um, using the same kind of milestones that you do for your kids like when you're scheduling your dentist appointment. And maybe that's another one that, oh, that we dentist. can add to the How list. How could we dentist forget the dentist? Every, Twice a year. Dentist, yep. Yep. Dentist every six months. You know, um, I always try to add in myself to, you know, one of my kids' dentist appointments because I'm there anyway. Right. So just yeah. making sure that, you know, we're using those same milestones for, that we do with our kids and, keep, um, and making sure that we are taking care of our own health while we take care of theirs. Yes. That, that is a great one for any moms. Cause we know we're bringing our kids for me. I have four kids and I swear they have a cavity, one person every yeah. time. So <laughs> totally. like, we are constantly, in fact, I actually loved my dentist, but they were about a 25 minute drive. And I said, I have got to change to one of the disclosure because we are constantly here. Now my totally. kids, two of the four have braces. So it's like orthodontist <laughs> constantly, but I love yeah. that idea of you are bringing your kids in every year for an appointment, just set yours at the same time, right? You're yep. already there anyways. My primary care and my kid's pediatrician is in the same building. It's actually the same network. It's the same group. So that's what I've been doing yes. at you know, beginning of the year. Two of my kids' birthdays are right at the beginning of the year. So we kind of fall on their birthday schedule. So we all that's go in together and yes. that's been really amazing. Um, yes. else you think our listeners should know about pharmacists, vaccines, any of those pieces? Yes. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned that pharmacists do give vaccines. I think that's something that people maybe don't realize, right? So we do get vaccines for the happy vaccine in particular. If you're looking for kind of where to go, which pharmacy to go to, what's your closest pharmacy that has the happy vaccine available, go to www.hepbcatchup.com um, to find the pharmacy uh, near you where you can get your um, hepatitis B vaccine. Um, and we're available, you know, anytime the pharmacy is open to be able to administer those vaccines. So use pharmacists as your resource to be able to stay proactive with your health. 
Bonnie, this is amazing. I took so many notes. This is incredibly informative and I've already written down like happy, got to look at the shingles, do not want any of these. Um, so I am going to call my primary care after this, or maybe just go to my local pharmacy and figure out what I need to do to get these vaccines. Um, are you, do you have a website or social media? Where can people find you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn is honestly, okay. the, that's where I'm at. Um, so my full name, Bonnie Hui Callahan. Um, yeah, that's kind of where you can go as well as, like I said, happycatchup.com is the best way to, um, is the best website to visit um, in order to find out where to get your hepatitis B vaccine at your local pharmacy. Amazing. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Of course. Thank you for your time. It was so nice talking to you.